Welcome to Speaking in First Draft, a Girls Right Now bi-weekly interview podcast series featuring the current and next generation of storytellers. In this podcast, our community members share a draft of one of their works in progress or completed pieces and discuss both the writing process and what creative expression looks like to them. Speaking in First Draft is hosted by me, Catherine Destin, the editor-in-residence and Mentee alumnae of Girls Right Now. Girls Right Now is a New York City-based nonprofit with over 25 years of history, breaking down the barriers of gender, race, age, and poverty to mentor and train the next generation of writers and leaders for life. In this episode, you'll hear a lovely conversation between mentee Allison Sankumani and mentor Davia Shendel. They open up with an excerpt from Davia's poem, Bridgewalk, based on a dream she had where she was visited by her late grandmother. Listen in to hear Allison and Davia discuss the similarities of their relationships with their grandmothers, their experiences with mourning, and how they use music as a form of self-expression. Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the Speaking in First Draft. My name is Allison Sanquimini, and I'm here with my interviewee. Davia Shendel, thank you so much for having me, Allison. Thank you so much for being here, um, and thank you all for tuning in. Um, Davia, if you wouldn't mind um, introducing the excerpt you're going to be reading today and telling us a little bit about that work. Yes, of course. So the excerpt I'm reading today is called Bridge Walk, and it's a poem that I wrote after having a dream one night. Um, It was one of those nights that Basically, I fell asleep and, you know, on the couch and basically had this dream about walking around London with my grandmother. And very funny enough, London is a place I've just been to. I'm, I don't really have any like familial connection to that city much, but I, I dreamt about her. And I just sat down and wrote the poem after that because it was such a vivid memory that I sort of had created in my brain. And that's what the excerpt is, basically. It sounds beautiful. Um, now, if you wouldn't mind just kind of reading it to us so we can, you know, really get to feel um, the work and being able to, you know, just, yeah. Okay, Bridge Walk. Dreamed about you on the big New Year's storm. We were walking around London town. Sitting on benches by the Thames, taking it all in. You were stressed about the nightfall, and I was ready to have a ball. A grandmother and a granddaughter. But that never happened. The last time it stormed, the ceiling almost caved in. You were bedridden. I was reading you stories and trying to squeeze out some life before you gave in. The cataracts had dulled your eyes. And you could only surmise what was around you. So I lied down next to you, so you could feel my love in warmth as you lay still. After I left you, you had a a second wind. Walking around and gardening, the cataracts gone, the sun shining in. Glad you had moments like that before my grandfather beckoned you back. I'm glad I dreamt about us in another world. Living, healthy, and on schedule? Maybe that will be me with my daughter's little girl. Only time will tell. May you watch over me well. 
Thank you so much, Davia. That was so beautiful. Well, thank you, Allison. Thank you. Um, first off, um, if you would like to say in your own words, um, kind of give us more detail and more depth about this piece and um, what writing this piece really meant to you, because it sounded to be very emotional and it it was very heartfelt. Thank you for saying that. I think the I lost my grandmother in the winter, early 2021. And that was a really rough time because obviously we were still dealing with um, the first stage of the pandemic and losing people during that time. I'm, you know, I, I hope you didn't have to go through that, but it was horrific because you couldn't go and mourn. You couldn't go to funerals or anything like that. And my grandmother passed away in Romania and we literally could not travel to her funeral. So when in when you're in the process of mourning, it's it's really hard to do it at a distance and not have that moment of sort of closure, which funerals are really good for, you know. You get to be around other people, you don't feel alone. Everybody else is mourning with you. So I had a very sort of fragmented, surreal experience mourning my grandmother. And a lot of it had to do with dreams and seeing her in dreams and kind of, you know, little synchronicities in my day-to-day -day life that, you know, I, I like to think that were her gestures from a distance. And because I literally couldn't see her burial or anything like that. And I really couldn't process it. I really couldn't talk about it with other people. And I think that was the toughest thing. So I, I, you know, it was New Year's Eve this year that I had this dream about her. And I was like, I think it's time to start talking about it. Maybe it will bring peace to other people who have gone through the same thing over this bizarre period we've lived through because yeah, it was, it was very difficult, but in that beauty of the surrealism of this dream, because like I said, we did not, I did not grow up with my grandmother in London. You know, London is kind of this dream place that I always talked about with her traveling, etc. I got to kind of live that dream with her in this liminal space and I thought that was really beautiful and I love that you know she was displaying her similar characteristics as she was doing when I was a child which is always worrying about when it's nighttime she would always hustle me back home it's like oh, it's nighttime we can't be out on the streets anymore and she was always so careful and that's basically what the poem is about it's like we're we're the same even in the dream world and that's so comforting that you're the same there too, as you were here on earth. So that's like a little summary, I think, of the poem. Yeah, um, when I first read your poem, I resonated very much with it because I have a very close relationship and it with my grandmother and it made mm. me think back to my grandma. Um, she has cataracts too. <laughs> Um, but um, it just got me thinking about my grandma, how you shared those quiet moments, you know, when you're hanging out with her and when she talks and she tells you little tidbits about her life and 
just even the simple things like when you kind of talk about walking, um, walking with my grandma, you know, kind of helping her get from place to place. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was just beautiful how you um, were able to translate such feelings and memories into this poem. Um, when you first started, you said um, the idea for the poem came from a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you first started writing, would you say you started um, writing it all at once or did it take time, like little um, segments for you to keep on writing or how did you uh, go about writing? This poem, I basically jotted it down immediately after waking up from having this dream because I wanted mm-hmm. to capture all these little idiosyncrasies I, I had discovered And then the first half is kind of the dream. And then the second half is kind of like the reality of it, which was we had never experienced that. But what we did experience was those moments when she was bedridden. And then I never got to see her after she had gotten better before she passed away. So she had a little golden window of being active again after her surgery. Never got to see that. So I wanted to provide that contrast to the dream a little bit of reality because otherwise it would be almost too esoteric of a poem and not really mean much to me because again it took place in such a in a location that wasn't really a physical setting for our relationship at all so I wanted to incorporate the actual memories with the dream memories that I was creating myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it all came out at once, which is pretty, pretty rare in writing. Do you feel um, that this piece is different in a way or how do you think it kind of differs from any other pieces you've written before? Oh, that is a very, very good question. I think it's one of the most honest poems I've ever written to be fair because mourning losing her and I lost a lot of other people too over the past couple of years I think that has irrevocably changed me as a person and how I see life for for better I think to a certain degree I think it losing people you know it does cause you grief and emotional trauma but it also makes you realize how precious things are in life and how good we have it while we're here and I was like it's time to be a little bit more honest about my pain and when I'm feeling pain instead of hiding it because otherwise what am I doing why am I hiding it pain is real and missing someone is real Mm -hmm. the yearning to have someone near you and I rarely express that in my art. Uh, up until now, I hadn't done that. I was kind of more into creating narratives that were not really my own and more creative, you know, creative imaginings versus like drawing a lot from my own life. And this one just came straight from the heart, which is rare. But I was like, maybe I should do this more. <laughs> this, this feels good. This feels good as a creative person to do it. And it didn't feel indulgent. And when you, you know, talked about your grandmother, that made me so happy to hear that this 
this touched you too, because that's kind of what I wanted to do with this poem is see if anybody else has that relationship, you know, and talk about how precious that relationship is with your grandmother. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely one that's really honest for me. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's wonderful. And since writing this poem, do you feel it's kind of changed your, the way you approach writing poetry or just writing in general in any way? Yeah, I think the, the poem has definitely, um, made me want to be more honest and more raw in my emotions than I have before. And to also talk about the experience of mourning, Mm -hmm. but not in the way that I think, but, but to talk about the beauty of the memories, because mourning isn't all about crying and tears and being distraught. Mourning is also about writing poetry for people that you miss, sharing the beautiful memories that you have, because it's a process of sort of cementing the memories that you have of these people before they evaporate and kind of building that legacy Mm -hmm. in your memory. That's another part of mourning that people don't really talk about um, in a positive way. So reframing Mm -hmm. that in a positive way has been really great. And I'm really excited to explore this relationship I have with her in the spiritual realm, which is really mm-hmm. fun because it's, it's exciting and, you know, memories are really beautiful. And I'm like, maybe I should put them down in a creative sense now in honor mm-hmm. of her. So that's definitely how this poem has changed my approach. Mm-hmm. For sure. I really loved um, the way you were able to write this poem. And I kind of just wanted to ask um mm-hmm. Who um, inspired you? Um, who are some of your writing inspirations? Mm, I've got so many, but I feel like the the poets in particular that inspired me the most when I was your age, actually, were the beat poets. I think what really inspired me about their style and their approach to writing was the cadence and the honesty and the free flow of their writing. It seemed like the punctuality and the rhythm was not, you know, an issue for them. They could really express a sort of beautiful monologue of sorts, be really honest about it, and draw so many different ideas into this one little river of honesty, and I really was inspired by them. So the beat poet movement in general, super inspiring. Um, Diane de Prima in particular, she was um, a little known poet of the time. I think people who are obsessed with that movement really know about Diane, but in in another perspective, people don't really know about her. So I highly recommend anybody listening to this to read Diane de Prima's work. She left us recently too. That was really heartbreaking, but. Um, yeah, it's definitely them. They definitely opened up a whole different world for me poetically. Because before then, and I'm sure you understand this too, we were reading a lot of like, you know, 1700s, 1800s, 
they're fantastic and I really love the romantics and I also loved Walt Whitman and Walt Whitman Walt Whitman directly inspired the beats so I was like oh that makes sense of course so there's that lineage I think that I really enjoy and yeah that's those are the poets that really inspired me the most for sure I love that uh I mean, um, is there any poetry from them you would recommend, specifically any poetry pieces? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I, I, okay, I'll be really honest. I, the, the first poem that I read, the first beat poem that I read was Howl by Allen Ginsberg. And that's a super famous poem. But I remember reading it and just, you know, lightning. In your brain when you read something and you're just like wow this makes me feel like I'm connected to the world which is a powerful feeling and I'm sure this is what happens when we find art and music and movies that we love we feel like it's it's connecting us tapping us into something that is greater than all of us so when I read how I really felt like wow this is a poem that is encapsulating so much and felt so fresh, even though it was written in, you know, the 1950s into the early 1960s. It was just such a fresh piece of poetry. If you had handed it to me now and said, this is just written and I didn't know about the poem, I probably would have believed you. So that was mind blowing, mind blowing. So I highly recommend reading that poem. It's it's a very controversial poem also because it was banned by the government, literally. <laughs> and it's one of the first poems that basically had to be defended in court to be published, which I find fascinating. So that's a poem that I really love. And anything by Lawrence Ferlinghetti as well. I think he really inspires me as a poet and his sort of brevity and ability to wrap up you know meaning in poetry really inspires me as well so uh, what about you Allison what what are poems that inspire you I know this is you interviewing me but I want to hear it from you as well what are poems that really inspire you or poets oh, God. uh I feel like I haven't dabbled too much into poetry to kind of say uh, who's inspired me but uh um, last semester of um, my English class, I took creative writing. And so we were kind of able to explore poetry, kind of write a little bit of our own poems and read from poets. Like uh, we read some of Emily Dickinson, mm. um, one of her favorite poems. Um, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's referred, the title of it is called Nobody. I'm Nobody, something along the lines. But we were able to read her poems and then we kind of just kind of... Uh, went around and uh, we looked over all these poetry pieces, but I for sure think poetry is such an interesting um, form of expression, right? Because it differs from everyone and yet it kind of just, you know, speaks to diff people on such different levels. But I think that's kind of the beauty of it. Um, to kind of tie back to Bridge Walk, um, I'm assuming that, um, you've written this over some time, 
and now kind of looking back and reflecting on it since um you read it aloud um what new kind of realizations and thoughts has it sparked for you or do you feel like you oh sorry I was trying to ask do you feel that you kind of uphold some of the same thoughts you've had when you first initially or how does kind of looking onto it now differ well if I look at it now it's funny how at the end I kind of talk about how I doubt a little bit if it was my grandmother in the dream or if somehow I was the older lady and I was with my you know my daughter's grandchild which is such an interesting perspective shift you know Mm -hmm. almost thinking that this is a dream of clairvoyance and not just a dream of like me seeing into the future which I think Mm -hmm. is not so much um an observation but a wish for myself to Mm -hmm. to be doing the same with my granddaughter as my grandmother did with me to kind of continue that relationship and be that person for my grandchild so Mm -hmm. I was like that's a beautiful wish for the future that I really hope comes true and I hope that we're able to you know have that have that precious Mm -hmm. bond that I had with my my elder family member you know Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely definitely for sure see that um and I really do like how you kind of look back um and kind of reflect upon that using that um what you wrote as kind of a moment of reflection um and um I kind of looked through some of your works and um when you uh, told me a little bit about yourself how you mostly write about topics surrounding existentialism Mm -hmm. nostalgia and surrealism and so I thought that was very very beautiful and I kind of just want to ask you what are some other hobbies um kind of activities you do besides writing that kind of help you express yourself well I'm also a musician and I love playing my instruments I think for being somebody who loves writing lyrics and words and someone who's very verbally inclined music is another beautiful way to express myself and without words and to be able to convey meaning and um, put in meaning when you're playing an instrument is really a cathartic experience. And I know a lot of people share that sentiment because it's you can convey sadness, happiness, um, joy, all these things without speaking a word, which I think is really a great exercise as someone who loves words is how can I communicate without them? So I love playing my instruments, like my bass and my piano, and just singing or humming is really fun too. And then other other hobbies that actually tie in with my writing, I'm just walking around. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound super um, uh, unique, but I do love going on really long walks. I get a lot of ideas when I go on my walks, and I just like observing. Do you like doing that too? 
I feel like a lot of writers are are people who walk a lot, <laughs> pace. I definitely, yes, for sure. I definitely yeah. pace around a lot. I think especially if you put in a pair of headphones yes. and you get some really good music and then you just kind of walk and, you know, let your internal monologue guide you, then it's just a great feeling and you just end up feeling so inspired by it. Who are some of the artists you like to listen to, musical artists? Ooh, I listened to so many, but I'll say one I was listening to today who who gave me that this burst of energy was Caroline Polachek. She just released this amazing album and I was just in awe of its production and her lyricism and her creative intention. I think a lot of artists really are people who think about how their story is told in their album. And she's one of those artists who really just thinks about that. And I, I just was like, thank you. Thank you for putting the intention in this album and creating such a beautiful work. It's been four years since she's released a full length. And I was like, it's well worth it. You know, sometimes it takes time for beautiful works to come to life. And I was just like, this is a pure reminder of that. So I was just, I love that. And I love Sade. Sade is amazing. And I love listening to jazz in general. And yeah, so much music, rock music, pop music, anything. I'm, you know, it depends on the mood, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> but yeah, today today was a Caroline Polachek day. And what a day it was. What about you? What What are your favorites right now? Oh, I'm kind of... You know, my music taste is sometimes just way too chaotic to feel like I have to pick one or two. I feel like I cross a lot of genres with pop, and then R&B, and then hip-hop, and then all over again. But um, some artists I really like, um, I love Phoebe Bridgers' music. I just feel like Phoebe Bridgers is also always a great artist to kind of go back to because I just love her lyricism and the imagery she uses in her songs. I think it's really, it's really cool. How do you think music kind of translates into writing? Because in a way, songs are kind of like poetry. And um, how do you just, I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on what, how you think um, music affects writing, but also how you think it's connected to poetry or just writing in general. Yeah, of course. I think music and poetry are siblings because in music you get to express ideas that are not so concrete and the same with poetry right you don't have to necessarily provide a thesis and then deconstruct the thesis and make sure it's proven by the end and I love that about the two mediums for poetry and music and they influence each other for sure and I think with music sometimes when I'm listening to jazz or or Baroque, classical Baroque specifically, I love listening to them while I write because they give me this sort of sound palette that I'm able to sort of play off of and respond to because they're more abstract or either really, really um, architectural Baroque is really architectural and it has a really clear structure versus, and, and I use that when I'm writing academically or if I'm writing something that's 
you know, journalistic more so, or a think piece, or an op-ed, or whatever. I'm not really a journalist, but sometimes I write pieces that have more of that voice, or if I have to write something, you know, that has more is more representational. And then if I'm writing something more esoteric or poetry, or something that is not as concrete jazz is way more of a, a better headspace to put myself in or ambient music ambient music like brian eno's music or anything like that and then that is a space i like to to sort of play around and respond to it's kind of like a playground right and it gives you the certain tools that you get to explore with so it's a great question because it's definitely something that's part of my part of my life. Do you have a similar relationship to you listen to music and you're like, okay, I can write this. Here we go. I'm in the headspace. I feel that whenever I listen to, I just find a couple of really good songs that you kind of have on repeat and that it makes you feel so inspired. And for sure, there's sometimes when I'm listening to a song and I just sit at my computer, and I start typing because I'm just it's connecting with my wavelengths and then it's making me think, Oh my gosh, I can write, I can be a writer. And so that's definitely the fun part about music. I feel is that it gets you in the mood and it just kind of uh, puts you at ease, but the, at the exact same time, allow you to, you know, let your creativity flow. I for sure think it's wonderful. Okay. I'm going to ask you a very fun kind of random question, (laughs) but, uh, um, See, I had to think about it. <laughs> I just kind of like, but um, what do you think are a writer's three must-haves or just in general as a creative? Okay. This could be anything. It could be, <laughs> it could be a concept. It could just be something that's not, it's not tangible, okay. anything. Okay controversial a pen i i want to hear it a pen a pen a pen <laughs> a writing utensil which therefore in accompaniment counting as number 2 a writing surface so i mean i'm leaving that open ended it could be a wall it could be a book a piece of paper a napkin so many ideas mm-hmm. manifest in so many ways so I'm not um, opposed to any sort of surface. Uh, and then the third one, now now I'm going to have to think. Um, a sense of wonder. That is very esoteric and not so concrete. But I think people, generally writers are people who are very curious and mm-hmm. either view the world as a place that needs a lot of help and a lot of fixing, which yes, it is. And, or view the place as this like place of wonder. Generally speaking, we all fall towards the middle of that pendulum. But I think a sense of wonder is really important, especially on the days and in this moment when things usually go wrong it's really really refreshing to exercise a sense of joy and wonder when you're when you're writing and you'd be surprised what comes out so I think that that has been 
my little guiding light in the past three years is is that sense of like what can I discover in this corner uh, in this cafe where I'm sitting that I've sat in so many times before what can I what can I observe today what kind of wonder can I rise up out of myself what about you mm-hmm. okay what are your three <laughs> um okay while you're saying your answer okay mm, I feel like this is probably going to differ and vary from any person, but some sort of beverage. Ooh. I think for me, it would be like a matcha or maybe some kind of s- fruity soda drink. You know, there's so many options. And then um, I feel like an environment to kind of set the mood. Um, and this could be anywhere. It could be in your front yard, in your bathroom floor, um, at a park. I think you can kind of just find inspiration and write anywhere comfortably as long as um, you kind of are just there and you have, you know, your writing utensil or whatever it is you're writing with. As long as you can just be able to express yourself and kind of get all your thoughts down in one place. And then my third item. Hmm. Hmm. That's a hard one. I'm going to go back to kind of what we talked about with music, probably just any pair of headphones or um, earphones where you can listen to music, I think. And I kind of feel like you're kind of set once you've got all those three. So. I, yes. I'm de- I, if I had a fourth item I could, you know, add on, definitely would be a beverage. Gotta mm-hmm. have a coffee or a matcha or a sparkling mm-hmm. water. I'm actually one of those people who will probably have two or more beverages at their side. I'm one of those people. <laughs> I, I feel you. That's probably me too. And then afterwards, I have to use the restroom a million times. But you're just constantly going back and forth. So true. So true. Yes. Two beverage minimum. Always. Even three. I feel like three is a good minimum. <laughs> Do you, would you say you usually um, write at cafes? I know for some people, they might write at home more. Or some people like to write outdoors. What about you? I love to write outside. I think I love having mm-hmm. that sort of separation from being out of the home, out of the comfort zone, so that I kind of observe things a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's usually I'm writing lyrics or getting ideas uh, for for poetry on the go, on the train, walking, like I previ- we previously talked about. I think that's, it's just so much more fun. And the ideas come to you in such unique situations. At home, I kind of think about the, my decisions a little bit more, my creative decisions. And then mm-hmm. the, the spontaneity sort of loses its... Um, touch when I'm at home I become a little bit more of an editor at home so I try to get my ideas out of the house and then come back observe the collection and then start to edit from there and of course if ideas come from home I'm not gonna say no 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 you don't belong here but (laughs) the ideas I find that when I'm outside are are much more spontaneous and have a lot of more bravery to them that I am at home. Mm-hmm. What about you? For me, I think I've 
always written at home and so I still do but mm-hmm. I for sure do like it when I'm in a public setting per se but also in a way where you're in your own bubble but at the same time you're kind of an onlooker mm-hmm. into everyone else like if you're at a cafe and um you're in your own little space at this own little table but at the same time you can just kind of observe everyone else and so I think some of my inspiration comes from just being in that open area where you can just kind of see what everyone's doing, kind of take inspiration from the environment around you. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Final question. Final question. Goodness. Final question. Uh, What advice or is there, what would you like to tell the girls right now community? um, Any advice you'd like to give to writers and um, yeah. Well, what's some advice you can give? Advice. Um, I don't know if this is advice, but more so a suggestion of um, trying to find, try to find joy every day, even if it's hard. The joy does not have to be momentous or monumental or something to call all, all your friends about. That joy can be very private and very poetic for yourself. So if you can find that, that's a good day. And then if you can do that every day, then every day can be a relatively good day. It's okay to have slow days, uninspired days, because those teach Mm -hmm. you something too. So I think welcoming every single moment as something joyful is a good way to to sort of live I think that's just my opinion we loved your advice very inspirational <laughs> your book the end of your TED talk yeah, I, know. I know right that's what my friends joke about that with me actually they're like okay when's your TED talk I'm like well I don't know about that but TED talk Xavier. <laughs> I already see it. I can already oh, see gosh. it. Okay. 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 Well, you'll hear it first, Allison, if that happens. Okay. I'll be glad. <laughs> I'll say, oh my gosh, I got the interviewer. And she was so amazing. <laughs> no, you've been a lovely interviewer. Really. Really, you have. And thank you so much for having me. It has been just such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for being on here and letting me have the honor of interview you. It's been fun and it's really been a, a good conversation we've had, even though, you know, there's slight ramblings and kind of felt all over the place. But uh, it was amazing getting to hear you share so much of your wonderful writing as a writing genius. That's that's very sweet of you to say. I'm learning, too. <laughs> I'm still learning. And yeah, Allison, it was a pleasure to read your to your to read your work as well, and to get to know you. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that Girls Right Now has connected us. Mm-hmm. And please stay in touch. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, thank you so much. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, where can people find you if they want to see more of your work, get to read more of your work? Yeah, I have a website. If you just Google Davia Shandel. I'll pop up and I post a lot about my 
music and other creative ventures that I am working on at the moment. I am toying around with the idea of doing like a little of an email sort of substack um, weekly or biweekly mm-hmm. uh, writing journal type email that I send out to people. So that might be happening soon. And yeah, look, be on the lookout for things I released this year. I'm very excited to be sharing some more things. And yeah, basically that's it. Okay, well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Davia, thank you so much once again for allowing us to get some more insight into Bridgewalk and just you and get to know more of the wonderful human being you are. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Allison and Davia for sharing their work, their thoughts, and their conversation with us. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us in this episode of Speaking in First Draft. Check back bi-weekly on Wednesdays for a new episode, and make sure you subscribe to Speaking in First Draft wherever you get your podcasts. Much like the drafts in these episodes, we're just starting out, and we'd greatly appreciate any feedback you have. Leave us a review wherever you listen to this episode, and tell your friends. This episode is a production of Girls Right Now. It was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Catherine Destin, and was recorded by Allison Sankumini. See you next time, and happy writing.